everybody. Welcome back to another week of Mechachine, your podcast for gay and geeky things um, brought to you from a Black gay geek perspective. I am Victor. And I'm Nick. And oof, it's been a couple of weeks filled with a lot of news, a lot of bullshit, a lot of <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about, a lot of ugh. So, Victor, how is L.A. and L.A. County treating you? <laughs> well, just last we spoke, we knew Miss Delta was on her way. Well, Miss Delta is here and has bought a house um, and looking at other property in L.A. County. Um, we are dealing with that the best way possible. So, you know, for example, we were back to wearing masks full time, uh, even... If you have big outdoor events, you got to wear a mask. Um, since I'm planning outdoor events and all that great stuff, um, that's going to be fun. Um, just because you got people who really want to push the numbers. We're like, we cannot because Delta variant. Just need to be careful. Um, but in all, LA has not really completely changed. People are still out. People are still, you know, having fun. Um, there's pictures of people having parties with no masks. Um, very interesting stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that later about gay folks and COVID, but it's not fun, but it is funny. But um, yeah, LA is pretty good. Um, we're still burning up and it's going, we're in August now, so it's going to be really hot next couple of weeks. Oof. How about you? John, ain't nothing going on but the rent. Um... Not, you know, not much is going on. Um, my little sister, she bought a house. So kudos to you, Miss Porter. Mm -hmm. um, not both my sisters are homeowners now. So I guess I need to get on it. <laughs> um, what else? I'm supposed to go on a vacation. Shoot. Wednesday? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're supposed to be going to uh, Clearwater Beach, Florida. Ooh. I'm like, oh, okay, Florida, but all those COVID numbers are spiking like yeah, crazy. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but but I think going, uh, we decided like, you know, let's just go ahead and go. We'll have like a, a bag full of masks and whatnot. So I, we'll be okay. We're both fully vaccinated. And I think... Uh, like Ken was like, oh, I want to do this this day, this that day, this the other day, uh, walk the beach, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, uh, I just want to eat and get drunk and just lay by the beach. That's it. I don't have anything planned. I don't think I want to do anything. Like, I really, really want to do anything. Just, just relax and recharge. And I think that will help me, especially seeing the ocean. I haven't seen the ocean in like, fuck, over... 10 years now. So I'm hoping to be recharged and re-energized by the time we get back uh, back home. No, that's, um, that's a good thing to do. Um, the beach really does help with that. I feel like we take too much of, we take advantage of the fact that we got beaches all around here. We don't really go as much as we should, but I think if you can go, go. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm like you when it comes to vacations. I 
usually I only had like maybe one or two things I want to do. Any the rest of the time, it's like whatever it happened, then we'll just we'll just go. Right. We'll look at we'll look at what's going on in town. Like oh, like I um, I went to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii years ago. It was like I have no plans. Let's just go do the the luau's and some of the fun stuff and the you know the wherever that thing is that cable swing. Oh yeah, yeah. Those things, but everything. All we saw Monique. Monique did a show in Hawaii. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, you know, I I like not planning to do things at a vacation because it's a vacation. Right. I don't want to be like, oh, I have to do this 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 hour, and then and at three o'clock we got to go here, and then at four o'clock I'm like, no, that seems too like a motherfucking schedule, and I don't want to do all that. Yeah. Like when we went to when we went to Vegas, um, I was like. I just want to get high <laughs> and eat at the buffet. <laughs> and that's what we think. <laughs> that's everybody. Right. Everybody in Vegas. <laughs> and bitch, I didn't know that they had a motherfucking time limit on the buffets. Yeah. We went to the one at uh, Caesar's Palace. Yeah. During like, the pandemic, they're like, bitch, y'all got an hour and a half. Some places, like, you got an hour and a half, you got less than that, or maybe it's according to where you go. You got to mm-hmm. go. That's how the bars are. So even the bars here are like, so if you get a table at the bar, you got an hour and a half, eat, drink, laugh, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Mm. I looked at that, I was like, since when? Maybe I was just too high to even <laughs> <laughs> realize that. Like, I said, was that new? They were like, no, Nick, they, they had that when we went. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I was too I was too focused on that food because that Caesar's Palace buffet. Mm-hmm. If you go, what was it? Uh the back uh I almost I'm not the baccalaureate, but the <laughs> so it was something Baccarain or something. But if you go to Vegas, always go to that buffet because I think it's like 60 bucks per person. Yeah. But it is worth it. Yeah, they give you a lot. I know. I've been to that one before. Um, Wynn has a good breakfast one. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good. Now, I know some people are a little surprised because you know a lot of people come like we, you know, they come from places where we come from, and buffets are good, twelve dollars, sixteen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you might get a little shocked, like sixty dollars. But y'all getting some food though, because you can be there now. Some places before now, I. I don't remember if they had maybe time limits before the pandemic, but I know they have them now. But back then, I remember just going like to Rio, going somewhere. You just you literally there for two or three hours with your friends right. eating and eating for no reason because <laughs> just like y'all were either drunk or something the night before. Everybody's hungry now, so it's like let's go eat. This is gonna be breakfast and lunch to a degree. But yeah. Ain't nothing better than uh, going down to the strip at like four o'clock in the morning, going over to that. Uh, did you remember that place that it was near like a Marshall's or something? It had like a Popeye's. It had like four or five different oh, yeah, uh, restaurants in it. Yeah. yeah. Ain't nothing more, like drunk or high or both. Um, and having some Popeye's, some chicken fingers. That's true. I was I like, that's. We did that the one time we went. I was like, we were, it was late. Um, this was after something went down, you know, something happened. Oh, um, and it was like, you know, well, you know, after that, you know, you don't build up an appetite. So it was like, well, what's just going on over here? Popeyes. Let's go. My three piece and a biscuit. Yeah, that. Um, now I always hit White Castle. We were just in Vegas last 
week. We took mm-hmm. a we took a day and a half trip to get away. Uh, we went to a, we left Wednesday night. I I didn't take off work. I was like, I'm gonna work while I'm here, so I'm technically at work. Um, we went Wednesday night instead of Thursday. Parts of Friday came home Friday, but it was a nice getaway um, just to be around. We went to White Castle. Also to go to White Castle. Um, I would say go to White Castle off the strip. Uh, actually, do more off the strip. I'm telling everybody, do more off the strip. They're trying to build more off the strip. Go kind of do those things. You know, the strip can be a lot. Uh huh. So go off the strip, have a little fun. Um, food is cheaper off the strip. <laughs> so, that is. Wait, y'all don't have White Castles in um, California? Mm-mm. Oh. You can buy them at the at the grocery store, but that's about I mean, it. That's not that's not the same. It, it really ain't. Um, so yeah, we have it there. Um, I do love the fact that you know we have Pink's hot dogs here. You go to Pink's hot dogs in uh, Vegas, you're paying double price. So that's why I'm telling everybody go off the strip because you're spending more money than you should. And buy your own alcohol. Buy your own alcohol. Oh God, yeah. This like the this is CVS or Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Child, we was drinking um, barefoot, like those big ass bottles of barefoot down the strip. <laughs> Looking boozy as fuck. Yeah, I always get my drink from um, Fat Tuesdays. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I used to get the big ones, now I get the little, you know, little small and I have the cup still over there. Because you take the cup back, little, the little $11 ones. I'm like, that's all I need just to get mm-hmm. through parts of the day um, and then whatever later that night. But it was great to be there. Um, Celine Dion's coming back, so I will be back in Vegas for Celine Dion. So I'm really excited. I'm going to have to, like, once, I will say once COVID gets under control, but I don't even know if that's going to ever happen. Um, maybe in a year or two, I'll go back to Vegas. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, my... I'm going to see my mom in Buffalo. That's my next trip, and then I have to go to, I have to go to Orlando for a conference. Which I'm just like, that's almost a week. We're staying at Disney, so I'm like, okay, maybe we'll be safe. Maybe not. I don't, <laughs> don't know. I think it'll be okay. Just you just have to be careful and take precaution, take extra precautions, like like. Okay like we were any other time so yeah so orlando i'll in october and all that greatness buffalo was fun when i went yeah <laughs> i'll just buffalo say, it's I'll a lot say that <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff to do I, I haven't been there in a while but a lot of driving which but hell after living in la that actually it's not as bad as LA, so i'll have some good times and Buffalo, uh-huh. seeing my mom and celebrating her 70th birthday, and my sisters and my other, all my family is mostly there. My mm-hmm. mom's on there. so I'll see all of them since they've been giving me guilt trips for not being there. I'm like, y'all, it's a lot. But um, nowadays, when you buy plane tickets, you get options now. You get options to where you don't have to pay full price. You can pay in four payments. I, I mean know. that uh, layaway for um, airfare is one of the greatest things that has ever come around. I did not uh, know that. 
Yes, that's how I did the uh the last trip to Vegas. That's how I'm doing this trip to um Florida. <laughs> Shit, you you got me fucked up if you think I'm t- uh buying or paying like two thousand dollars all up front. I'm like, nah, f- split that hoe up. Shit, I, I love a layaway plan. Yeah, well, I guess I was the only one who did that. I said it to Michael, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody. I was like, everybody's been doing it. Where have I been? It's like, well, I haven't been flying. So that's probably why I just haven't mm-hmm. thought about it. But I was like, okay. I said, now, you know, Paris is looking really real. Like, it's like. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so let's look at these prices for some Rome. Because we'll think if, if it's, what, $36 a month, bitch, we are about to do it. I'm like, well, what's $36? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, just. Take that out every month. And somebody was like, well, what if it's $36 for a year? I was like, so what? I waste $36 on foolishness. Why not put it towards going around? And see, my sister, when she she turns 40, um, if she still wants to do this, she was planning on going to Europe. So I already have like a big chunk of change already set aside. So when she says, okay, we going, I said, say less. Say motherfucking less. And um, I had also uh, on some more uh, airfare or flying experience. When I was leaving, like our last day of tour, and I was leaving Little Rock, I had upgraded my seat to, uh, I think it was Delta Comfort. And I, baby, I felt so luxurious when I paid my little $25 to <laughs> upgrade myself. And I saw all the, the losers go back to basic economy. I was like, oh, this is it. This okay. is cheap, bitch. This is it. Right, come, on. <laughs> come on, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> when Maya got that first class. Oh, my God. I was like, I got leg room? Oh. You could tell like, me shit. Kind of like Maya now saying right. Jesus had to sit. Mm. I said you couldn't tell me nothing that day. Or I need to do first class. I didn't do any of that stuff again. I I, I remember I only had first class. They had to boost me up there. I didn't ask for it, but I was like, once I got up there. I was like, this is nice. You get real food. Like they got some real food up here, cookies, liquor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that should be a, a moment. Cookies and liquor. That's what you got up there. I put my mom in first class once and she got drunk. Girl, like the <laughs> first time, the first time we was on tour, um, there were some times that we would have to fly with the public mm-hmm. instead of like a chartered flight. And a lot of the people, because the skaters, the people that I worked with, everybody were some big drunks. So we would order, we would be ordering drinks, we would be ordering liquor, we would be, it would be eight o'clock in the morning, waiting for our flight. Thirty folks at our, at the bar getting drunk. <laughs> I said, <laughs> you can't take us nowhere. Can't take no, us nowhere. I'll be scared of that because you know people get drunk. Somebody's gonna get mad. Somebody's gonna try to fight. I'm like, why are y'all trying to fight? I even asked that on Twitter because you know, there's a lot of videos of people fighting. I'm like, why are y'all fighting 30 feet, 30,000 feet up in the air? Like boxing. Yeah, like y'all some damn spies and Black Widow and James Bond and shit. Like, 
I saw there was one that uh, what flight attendant had got her teeth knocked out or something. I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna lose my job that day because I'm going the fuck off. De- I don't care who I work for, Delta, American Airlines, United, Spirit, Frontier, whoever the fuck. If one of these passengers bucks up, it's gonna be some smoke 30,000 feet up. <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand like people, like you do realize you're gonna be put on a no-fly list. Like you can't, not just, you can't fly with us. You can't fly with anybody. So skip your happy ass over to the Greyhound station and take that 2000 uh, mile trek from New York <laughs> to uh, wherever the fuck you trying to go yeah. to. Like I, y'all got me fucked up. And you fucking it up. You making us delayed for everybody else. Yeah. So now I'm gonna beat your ass just for making us delay. I was about to say, like, yeah, we have to beat your ass because now we all late. They right. got no more food up here. There's only so much almonds I can eat. Because you want to show out. When we land, we whooping your ass outside mm-hmm. of the play. <laughs> like I used to do in, in school. was like, we get across the street from the school. Then we can fight so we won't get right. We'll wait till we get off. And when they let us off outside, we'll whoop your ass mm-hmm. out here. Before we oh, you staying at the same hotel? Bet. We'll get you in the lobby. We'll get mm. you in the hallway. We'll get you somewhere. I that's just so stupid to me. Yeah, but people are really showing out. But I'm like, y'all didn't quit and just fighting, like fight before we fly. Or, or, or fly or fight before we load up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all take that over there. We'll watch it and report it while we are getting uh, getting on the plane. Just don't. So yeah, I'm I'm a little worried because a trip to Buffalo is not quick. Uh-uh. So anything is possible. And I know it's going to be somebody on the talk about they don't want to wear no mask. Somebody's going to be trying to fight. I'm just going to close my eyes, put my music on, or my podcast on, and just go and just call it a day. But, oh. Right. I, I hope nobody is like that when we go down to Florida, considering like we have our flight leaves at like seven in the morning. But you never know with these white folks. That's true. Mine leaves at six in the morning, but that's all. I think that's when they start acting up. They be like, "Ain't nobody on here." And mm-hmm. I'm a, let me show out right quick. I'm gonna take my shoe off and be like, <laughs> "If you don't take your ass to sleep, give me my belt." Yeah, <laughs> we're all going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. You going to sleep? We wake up. We may be where we need to be. We may not. But the point is. Don't do nothing. <laughs> right. You, you better go to sleep before I put you to sleep. I'm saying put I, you in this I will hole. literally take my shoe off. I will have, now that I feel like I need to bring something. So I might need to bring a belt <laughs> that I don't wear to be like, I will whoop you the way I was whooped by my grandmama and great aunt if you mm-hmm. come up here and just show out because we're not dying because you don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. White folks be doing crap like that acting you know it gets so myopic not realize they endangering every ass body on the plane including where the plane may crash all because of their stupid selfish ass so i'm just like, i'm just Whoa. i'm just sit up there with the pilot <laughs> fuck it yeah. i'm just sitting up there that's what i'll probably have to do I'm like you know i'm gonna sit up here with them because y'all ain't know how to act and he better not be cute either because i'll sit there we have a nice conversation he better not be drunk can you remember them time them uh pilots up there uh drinking heavily then 
doing a, a hard turn up in the air, like he on somebody's uh, old dirt roads. I hope not now. But anyway, as you see, we are traveling soon. So y'all pray for us. <laughs> so we're not on TV after fighting somebody or saving people, landing the plane ourselves. <laughs> like M475. <laughs> <laughs> We all had to land the damn plane because these hoes up here fighting. Right. I got not as in a not as in a uh a Irwin Allen production. <laughs> I got bills to pay. That's why I gotta live. <laughs> so I can't I can't die. I can't die. I got these two cats to take care of. I gotta put them through college. Yeah, I got these plants that I got, Michael. I got a job. I got these suits. I can't die. And I gotta see Janet Jackson before she quiz so we're not dying today wait a minute you still haven't seen janet i haven't seen janet since 2004 five okay i was about to say you never seen i was about to say no i've seen i i've seen janet i got in trouble we saw seeing janet back in the uh, resonation we saw that we got in trouble for that because we snuck. Well, we we say we went to Memphis when we wasn't supposed to go. <laughs> we spent the entire. We supposed to went that night. We ended up staying the whole entire day. Got in trouble for that. But yeah, I've seen Janet. Um, I wish I saw. I did not see Velvet Rope, but I wish I got to see the Velvet Rope. Because mm-hmm. I, my friend was there. I think she was at the Madison Square Garden when she was like, at one point she just stood out there for like five minutes. And just looked at the crowd. They were just about to fall out, screaming and hollering for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you said you saw Janet not too long ago. I, yeah, I saw her. Uh, let's see, about 2018, I think, something like that. 2018, 19. Uh, she was doing. Um, she played Rupp, which I was fucking surprised that she did. I was like, Oh, Janet's at Rupp Arena. Hold on, let me get these tickets right quick. <laughs> and it was such it was such a good performance. And I was like, damn, I really saw a legend today. Yeah. Yeah, it's I never thought of it like that, but when you do see them, you're like, this is why they, they are who they are. When I saw Beyonce, I was like, the fact that you up here like this, but when I saw Tina Turner, two hours running around. And then she, in 2001, and then she uh, sat down for one song. I'm like, you just sat down for one song. That's what uh, Janet did. I think she sat down for like one and a half, mm-hmm. maybe. And then she's like, okay, let me give, let me give the girls an eight count <laughs> before they start talking about me. So yeah, these alleged, like I was like, when I saw, I felt that way when I saw um, Tina Turner, I was like, this woman has been on. I said we can barely walk across the street. She's been on the stage for two hours. Shit, the way my back is hurting right now. <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, and even Diana Ross. Diana Ross. She was in her glamorous dress, but she was like walking back and forth at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, you saw her last year or the year before last? It was like a couple of years ago. It was before COVID because it was also the same time when that whole Lee Daniels and. Uh, Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, uh, was it Damon Dash? Yeah, Damon Dash was arguing down there. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I was there. They were down in the, you know, at the expensive seats. 
But mm-hmm. I was like, basically, I said, we were there. <laughs> they were Donna Ross performing. I was like, y'all, why y'all showing out for Donna Ross? But, Lee Daniels Missy as will be at a Diana Ross concert. Ugh, yeah, like, you know, all, all, all the fags, we're going to be there. If it's right. one of those type of legends, Cher, anybody, we're going to be, if Cher said, I'm going to be down here at the mall, we'll be like, well, I guess we're just going to the mall. Right, I, I guess I need something there. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what she's going to do at the mall. We're just going to be there and be like, we saw Cher today. <laughs> I still regret not seeing her in Vegas because even I laughed at my friends and they was like, we're going to see Cher. I was like, okay, y'all. You know, I mean, I, she'll be back. I mean, she'll probably do something. So, right. I don't want to miss Selena. I, I miss Olivia Newton-John. Michael loves to throw that in my face because he saw Olivia Newton-John when she was in Vegas. Um, but Donnie has his own show in Vegas. I might have to go see Donnie. You know, I have to be yeah, here. You go. <laughs> <laughs> that man. Be, after seeing him and Donnie Marie in Vegas, he is performing. That man is sixty. What sixty three? Still up here shaking, performing. He still sounds good. He can still get it. Uh, oh, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's go ahead and get into all that. Because now I was thinking about speaking of, because your man is about to be in the movie. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Steven. Oh. Child, I thought you was going to say Steven Cigar, and I was about to shut this computer oh. right the fuck on off. <laughs> That other one, he's he's gonna be in Don't Move or something like that. Steven. He was in Avatar. He was the bad guy. Oh, Stephen Lang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was my pick for Cable, not Josh yeah. Brolin, but yeah. yeah. I guess I guess you were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's about to, you know, show his ripped body again in this next movie. So I'm like, well, you know, I enjoyed the first, but I guess I'll go look at the second. Right. But, well, speaking of movies, let's go ahead and talk about, you know, the one of the big stories the past couple of weeks is Scarlett Johansson. She decided that she's going to armor up and you know go after Disney and sue because basically what she is saying is. Um, they released since they released both the movie in theaters and on streaming. They, I guess they weren't supposed to do that because that cut into what she gets because she was getting paid basically by the by the film being in the theaters. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they said she's a, alleging that Disney breached the contract in which her salary was based only on a box office box mm-hmm. office performance. And that uh, Disney is hiding behind using uh, COVID nineteen pandemic as justification for the release for the release on Disney Plus. And Black Widow was supposed to come out last August, wasn't it? Yeah, it was coming out like almost almost two years ago. It feels like. And then it got delayed a couple of times, and then now they released it on. Well, now it's been released. Um, first off, I want to say Scarlett Johansson is so brave to take up the fight for Asian actors and actresses everywhere. (laughs) Second of all, I mean, does she have a case? I guess she does because it was written in her contract. Yeah, she has a case. She has a case. Right. Um, 
and Disney, you know, they 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 have they had the money to they could have been rude and been like, yeah, we can only we could only release it in the theaters. They could have done that, not rude, but they could they could have been like, we could do it this way, and then maybe a week or two later we put it on streaming. Only it was Warner Brothers that went as far as doing both. Um, uh huh. Everybody agreed to that. Disney, I don't know, and plus her contract, her contract goes back to the the, the event. No, goes back to when she was in, I guess, uh, Iron Man, and then I guess it beefed up over the years, but it really beefed up after the Avengers. So I guess I don't know, because a part of me was like, I don't know. I, I was like, they wouldn't have done that to uh, Chris Evans. Like I thought, I wouldn't have done that at all to him. Would have been like, whatever you want. If you want to show this movie on the moon, it's on the moon. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. She has a case, and it may. And what experts are saying that it's going to probably be settled out of court, which is probably great because that's she's probably going to get a, a smooth what millions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it has also opened the door for other people because now what's her name Emma Stone is thinking it through for Corella, um, saying that that might be a possibility for her. I'm like. There's other people talking. Now there was that one actor, I forgot his name, saying that he a movie called Atlas Burnt, whatever it was. I'm like, did anybody even see this movie? But wasn't it David Batista that was saying that? Oh no, it was um he was in 300. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh Gerard Butler. Yeah, I'm like, okay, sir. <laughs> now, if you don't sit your little ass down. Like, I don't know if this movie is at that level. You could have done that with 300, but you can't do that. That gay ass film. I swear that movie was like <laughs> it was so fucking gay without yeah. saying it's gay. You know, I'll give Zach credit. When he gives you mail, he gives you mail. He gives you the bodies. Think about how he think about how Aquaman was treated. I mean, think about the fact that we had Batman a workout solo flex video. His P90X yeah. uh videos. Yeah. <laughs> That whole workout scene, um, Clark Kent in the tub. <laughs> so I'm just like that was so random. I'm like, yeah, so you know, Zach okay. gives you some queer. I give him that, but um, yeah, you know, they I, they're just going for it. They're going to see what they can get. And yeah, I, I, if they're if they are owed that money, then then they should get that money. Mm-hmm. Frankly, in my opinion, I don't give a damn. However, this, uh, like you said, this opens, this might be a precedent that's going to be set for how much um, actors are owed based on theatrical and streaming service releases, especially if they're released on the same day. That should be, that should have already been written and I feel like it already is be written in actors' contracts with these companies, even more so now that we had to deal with quarantine and theaters being shut down temporarily. But we will see how this turns out. And like you said, I think it's going to be settled out of court. I don't think Disney wants to be uh, in uh, court a long period of time and this to get ugly. Um, 
so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's gonna probably really take, it's gonna probably change how they're paid in this new economy, but also really um, streaming services will be have to be more responsible. And I won't be I won't be surprised if actors will be like, okay, and they will probably have restrictions about the, the streaming service, like making sure like, is it is it up to par? Is it gonna play right? Um, is it gonna, you know, it's not gonna mess up halfway through. Like I know Paramount Plus, <laughs> it's on the struggle bus. So I will be like, if I was doing it, I'd probably be like, well, okay, well, if you're gonna play me on that streaming service, I want a clause that it all works through this, no, you know, whatever. Because again, sometimes streaming services will pay more or pay the actors additional if they do like a little, like a, a video. Like, like what HBO Plus does is like when Wonder Woman 84 came out, they actually did like a little video of uh, Gal, Gadot, Gal Gadot talking about her favorite movies, like that. Oh, and yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, for, you could, I guess, I you could put something in there like if I'm going to be doing an exclusive, HBO Plus, then I want this to play in, you know, wherever lighting or wherever that 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 thing is called. Like, it has to be played this way or that way. But I don't know. We'll see how this case goes. It's going to be kind of fun to see how many more people come out and say, I want to be paid because you told me this. And right. That <laughs> goes. Um, we talked about Candyman just a little bit. Um, before, but now the latest trailer did come out within our the two weeks, and um, it's given us more insight about what this is. This is not the Candyman that a lot of us grew up with. Has nothing to do with slavery. <laughs> it is uh, a whole different thing, and it looks really good and freakish. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I was. I was like. I'm still wanting more, and I was like glad I only got that little bit. But I don't know. What did you think from it? What do you think about it? Um, I th is it maybe I didn't look at it as uh, intently as I thought. But is Candyman only killing white folks? Mm, no, he's killing everybody. He's part of it because you know after what happened, so he's just went after everybody. Uh, because I wanted it to be like just white people that he was killing, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I want to see that in uh, when it drops. But I think it comes out August twenty seventh. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's. I always thought Candyman was scary as hell, even like the what was it the ninety two version mm -hmm. was scary. I my mother grew up in those projects um uh, yeah I'm, I'm ready to, i'm ready to see it i don't know if i'll be able to sleep when i after i see it but <laughs> i'll be ready to see it what why are you worried about being i don't like i don't do a lot of scary movies i don't like scary movies i think the majority of scary movies are bullshit. <laughs> That's just me. And we've talked about it when we did, like when we talked about scary movies a few years ago, like scary movies to me don't necessarily have to deal with blood and guts and like a Jason or a Michael, like kick that nigga in the forehead and keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, like that, the, um, the new Halloween movie that's supposed to be coming out, 
like all of a sudden everybody going uh Michael Myers is about to get jumped like <laughs> like, <laughs> like y'all should have been done do that like why did it take 40 years for y'all to realize oh just jump that nigga like I don't understand that <laughs> but <laughs> that's beside the point uh Candyman is one of the few scary movies I will see that will actually have me scared yeah yeah, I, I'm just trying to keep it open mind because I don't want to speculate and I hate when I get too caught up in speculating. Um, but I, I just want to be like, just give me everything that I need. Let's see what's going to happen here. Um, and let's, let's just go with it. So I'm really excited to see what this movie is going to bring us. It's going to be just a lot of different things. Um, and one billboard is nothing but the hook and it's a huge... Billboard mm-hmm. with this the hook only. I'm like, they are really going out. So I uh, can't wait to talk about this movie once we get to see it. Yeah, we're going to have to do a review of it. <laughs> Let's see what else we got. Um, well, so Twitter had something <laughs> called Fleet. And people wasn't really into it. But when they announced they were going to get rid of it, they be <laughs> the last couple of days. We learned so much about many of you. Mm. So fast. So the last fast. day, you would have thought uh, everybody was all of a sudden sex positive, and my body is your body. Yeah, I saw a lot. At first, everybody was just, oh, this is an ass shot, or, you know, here's some titties. Then, by, like, the middle of the day, everybody was like, oh, here's me giving some head to somebody. <laughs> here's me fucking at somebody's parking lot. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of y'all. We're not shaming you, not judging you, but a lot of y'all put, I expect... Maybe you shirtless. Maybe you got on something tight. And some of y'all went all. Some of y'all. I was like, y'all, y'all have an OnlyFans. It seems like y'all may have an OnlyFans. Y'all went out, dicks playing with your dick. Everything was. I was like, good lord. Some of y'all. Hmm. Some I said, y'all, oh my god. And it wasn't just the girls uh, showing they meet. It was straight men. It was everybody under the sun. I was like, you know what? This is, I like this. And not because, you know, I like watch. I like looking at different, I like looking at the male body. I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, I wish we could have that same kind of, I don't know, you not uniformity, but that understanding of being sex positive without it having to be tied to something that's going away. Yeah. Like, I wish we could be that sex positive to sex workers, but you know how niggas go nick. Yeah. Um, And there was one, (laughs) it was like towards the end of the day that somebody was mad, a one straight guy, was mad at another straight guy for showing dick. But mind you, the guy who showed dick (laughs) 
gave like 10 different slides saying, okay, uh, yeah. my meat is about to show. If you don't want to look, go away. And so the guy was mad about it. I'm like, you had to go through 10 different slides to see this man's dick. So why are you upset about it? <laughs> and somebody was like, oh, Fleet Nick is over because niggas are shooting up in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> it was just like, of course, straight men had to ruin it for everybody. But some of y'all, I got some, are working with some nice equipment, I will say. Yeah, some of you are. Just, I'm hoping some of y'all know how to use that equipment that you have. But yeah, that that part. Was, that's always the thing you need to be focused on. But yeah, it was a lot of y'all. Some of y'all, I was going to be rude and say some of y'all are posting that we didn't ask for, but I was going to do that. Because <laughs> I was like, there's some people I was waiting for and they didn't do anything. But that's okay because they, they there's also the close friends thing on Instagram. So you can see people. Oh, it is. People use that a lot. <laughs> a lot. But yeah, there were some people I was like, um, we, it would be nice if you would have participated or somebody else would have participated. Um, I did ask somebody to participate. They was like, I'll just send them to you directly. And they did. And I was appreciative. So. Mm. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw some people that I was waiting to see. So I'll say that. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. The fleet neck. Yeah, so that was, an emo- that was a good moment. Um, Fleet Nick will go down as as about as good as the Nigger Navy. Yep, yeah. <laughs> that was a night. When I yeah. tell you, y'all motherfuckers had me in tears. I was on the floor. <laughs> so I will I will say this: if y'all, I think it should be once a month. People do. Maybe maybe it's an after dark thing, but maybe people can do something like that. Just like once a month, you just kind of everybody just show themselves at midnight, whatever. And then um, it disappears forever. It disappears forever. I don't know. If, well, you really can't. You only do that on Instagram, but I don't know if you do it on TikTok. I'm not gonna get on TikTok, but um, I don't know. Just have to see what's going on. I mean, you can do it on Snapchat. Yeah. Like have it. Not that I've done it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm I'm just a pure Christian woman all over right, here. All right. Because <laughs> some because um uh I think I did see uh some fleets some um some fleets from you, sir. I think you threw some stuff up red last. Night. I threw a shirtless pick up there. I didn't throw my whole entire ass. Literally, I didn't yeah, do that. I didn't. I didn't throw, I, I put up a couple, I put up the, I, yeah. Cause I, I was like, no, we, I said, this is still Twitter. That's different. Well, you know, Instagram, we have to, when the, your close friends, you control who actually sees it and mm-hmm. how it's done. This one, you really can't. So anybody can jump on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Somebody was like, I remember one of my friends, she said she threw some titties up there and like in five minutes, she had over 500 likes. I was like, you niggas are horny. The capital H word. Yeah, I'm like, goodness. Yeah, I noticed even when I threw up a little bit, I was like, all of a sudden, it was like, can we see more? I was like, no, you're not on Twitter. Um, so it's like, no, that's not. Can we see more? Like, 
get away. And then I, some people were like recording or, uh, you know how you could take a picture oh, yeah. on your iPhone. I'm like, that is so lame. Like, just stop. I mean, don't do that. I mean, I mean, we did that. Well, there's people that you do, like, you know, like when, you know, when that picture of Chris Evans leaked, I'm sure people have a copy of that. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, don't do that. Don't be assholes about it, y'all. If, if they want it, you know, be lucky. They may show you more than what you want to see. So. Right. But yeah, that was a that was a moment. That was an interesting, fun moment. Let's, what a moment. <laughs> um, let's just talk about comics a little bit. Uh, X Men is about to go through another. Big phase um, involving Mora and Mystique. So um, this one is called Inferno. Not the Inferno that happened in the late 80s, early 90s with demons. This is Inferno, meaning burn the, burn the house down. So if y'all remember, um, if, I think Nick, Nick is still reading. But if y'all remember the whole- You go um, with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the beginning, when they when we that we found about Mora about how multiple lies about the fact that the island, and we also learned that um, Mystique and Destiny were the ones that kind of let us know how this all worked in some ways. Um, well, when they get when the X Men die, they can be reborn due to the Iron Krakoa, a Krakoa, and from this from that you you come back with all your memories. Uh, Professor X holds your memories, bring puts back in your body, what have you. But they have not brought back Destiny. And that has really pissed off Mystique because, you know, Destiny and Mystique are lovers. They've been together since forever. Uh, but Mystique has been asking, been playing along, like, when are you going to bring her back? They've been like, girl, we're not going to bring her back. That's too much problem. <laughs> so she's like, you know what? You don't give me my woman back. I'm going to, like, burn this entire, you know, island down. But not uh -huh. only that, I'm going to bring in some folks y'all even want to deal with, like Mora, like Nimrod, all types of stuff. So this is about to go down. It's going to be a four-issue limited series. Uh, it's going to be on Jonathan Hickman. He, he's the one who gave us that the new X-Men in this new situation. Mm -hmm. so it is going to be something else. I Getting into, into like the X-Men now, it feels like I'm already so far behind that I can't even begin to keep up or catch up. Um, I still have, like I told you well, the last week, I still have that big, uh, the House of X um, book that is still unopened. Well, you need to uh, read it because this is supposed to, this is the next big one compared to what they're saying. Now, do I have to, I know there's House of X and then there's Powers of X. Yeah, I think with House, you may be able to get everything you need. Okay. I think that's what gets you into the whole issue of Mora um, and when Destiny confronted her. So uh, I think you're good with just that. Okay. I'll yeah, get on that. It's supposed to be a, a big thing. Mora, as you know, can has lived multiple lives. Destiny can see the future. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Mystique ain't nobody to, to mess with. And we all know how Mystique can be. So see what she does it's gonna be kind of fun i'm looking forward to it so i will do it and also um speaking of comics make sure y'all are 
that you get your copy of Nubia, written by a friend of the show, Steph I Will. Make sure you all get that, um, mm-hmm. you know, reserved because that's going to be a big issue. So please get that, and hopefully we'll have Steph on there to talk about it um, just because this is a big moment for us. You know, you think about all of us who have been in this field together. We all, you know, talking to each other, knowing each other. Um, this is really big. So keep that in mind as well. But also be ready for Inferno because it is supposed to be the big, big, big deal. Let's see what else. Uh, we got one more thing to talk about in Aunt May's tea. Um, let's see. So, uh, P-Town. Want to talk about P-Town? Yeah, so P-Town, you know, had their, you know, everybody went to P-Town like about, what, a few weeks ago. P-Town has Fire Island. It's, it has Bear Week. It's predominantly white. <laughs> the overall experience. There are black people who go, um, but sometimes mostly with their white partners. No shade, just, just how it is. It's, how, it's the same as uh, Palm Springs. Um, but um, after that, there were a lot of COVID cases. Delta variant. Even people who were vaccinated end up getting Delta variant. People that I knew got Delta variant. Um, so that became a catalyst to learning more about the spread because I think that was kind of the one of the big ones that kind of hit. Which I was like, "What? P Town gays?" Because mm-hmm. <laughs> also that happens at P Town is sex. Of course, there is mm-hmm. a, that, that yeah. big long a trail that um, is famous out there. So, you know, people showed up, but not only just that, we had Lazy Bear. Lazy Bear is, um, is a big bear week event in the woods in California. Uh, many people went. I actually talked someone out from going. I was like, there's a need for you to go because, hey, COVID. He didn't go, but now we found out that uh, that was another huge case of people getting this. And I'm just saying, this is not to you know, to shame people, but it was more of like, y'all, we're not out of the panorama yet. I know y'all want to go out and suck dick and have a good time and show your bodies, but be careful when you do it. And remember we're, we're still a pandemic. And remember if that guy is hot, he can still have COVID. So just. I mean, they're still have, they're having market days up in Chicago this week. Yeah, I saw that too. And so all like, these pictures. We're gonna in like a week or so. A whole gang of gays are gonna be tested positive for Delta variant again, and I don't think people realize like if they. I uh, was watching one of those, um, you know, documentaries because that's I guess that's all I do with my time is just watch documentaries. Like it only takes one time for a virus to mutate. That is resistant to any kind of vaccines. And there's already a case of uh, a strain, a, a variant of COVID, the uh, Lambent variant that's yeah, the that was in uh, Pakistan, it was in Peru, I believe. I think there's a, some cases already here that is, uh, there's studies have shown that it's or initial studies have shown that it is resistant to vaccines. So y'all, like you said, we are not out of this by no means 
at all. And I am, oh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. This is so fucking depressing. Like, we could have already been out of this. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we, if it wasn't for the response of the last administration, we could have been in a very much a better situation then, mm -hmm. which would have prevented all of the over 600,000 deaths now. Like, I, I don't think people realize, like, over 600,000 people are gone, which means all of those families, friends, and whatnot are just ha are having to deal with that person not being there. Mm -hmm. And granted, some of a lot of them were, you know, anti-vaxxers, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, a lot of them didn't need to die like they did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, y'all be careful. Again, this is not to shame y'all because I went, I mean, I went out through a Black Pride. Um, and this is before the Delta variant even started, but still being careful, still being aware that you needed to wear a mask. You needed to be, you didn't know who you were around, you know, these people and everything else. And I know a lot of y'all haven't hooked up, haven't had anything for over a year. I totally get it. But still keep your life at the, at the forefront. Like, is this dick worth <laughs> you dying? No. So just play it safe. If you know somebody is... Um, Fully vaxxed and you fully vaxxed, have at it. But just be mindful, y'all. Be careful. Have fun. You can still have fun. Just be safe. Um, shout out to all of you who were, um, who did take all the precautions you need to have fun while you were at both P-Town and Lazy Bear. Um, and for those who didn't catch it, you know, hopefully things will go well. Well, my friends, he's dealing with it, but he's feeling better now. So just be careful. Just be careful. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for the tea table. I think it's time for us to get into a king size issue. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about this, um, especially now. Uh, and since last year when we everybody was in quarantine and you know feeling the effects of isolation, depression, and depression. I know for me, takes different forms. Um, you know, some days I can be, I can be all right. The next minute, something like something as random as a commercial will throw me back into a sad state, and then the next moment I'm pissed off at something. Like it is so random how depression affects my mood. Uh, and like right now, I'll just be honest with you all. I stepped away from tour, the job with Disney, because even though I like the traveling as much as I love the traveling, doing the work, you know, getting in those hot, sweaty ass trucks and getting that shit down was hurting my body. Dealing with the public and how nasty they can be with some overpriced bullshit was getting on my nerves. 
and I didn't feel like I was being being paid as much as I thought I was. I wasn't being paid as much as I was worth, especially with me getting a master's degree. So I made the decision of, you know, let me step away. Let me find something that I think I am more suited to. And it's more in the background, so to speak, as far as operations or whatever. So now I'm home and I stepped away from that job about the end of June. And before that, I, you know, I was looking at other positions. I was applying other positions. I had spent all of this money to get my resume uh, redid. And, you know, okay, I felt like I had a chance, a better chance in the job market. So, you know, one day turns into two, two days turns into a week, a week turns into a month. And, you know, so far I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting any kind of callbacks, uh, nothing. And that kind of anxiety weighs heavy on something that's already making you depressed as far as stepping away from something that you kind of wanted to do, but didn't, you know, you that you couldn't, you couldn't man maintain that for a long period of time. So now, you know, I'm back at the house, still job searching, and now it feels like I have to have some kind of human interaction. Now, granted, Ken is here. I have him, but for the longest time, I didn't think, I, I didn't want to interact with anybody. I thought that, oh, I'll just be alone. Being alone is okay. But now I feel like I have to have some kind of human interaction. And that's further depressing me because I'm always in the house. And, you know, oh, I get so excited when we go to the gym. But then after the gym, it's like, okay, so got to go back home. Got to go back to whatever I was doing, which is sitting on the couch, you know, doing nothing. Uh, and so that's that's where I am right now. And, you know, I don't want any kind of, oh, I'm so sorry, Nick, or, you know, I don't want any kind of any of that. I just, you know, maybe like putting my my thoughts out there will help me navigate them better yeah. instead of holding everything inside and, you know, popping off at somebody when they don't necessarily need to be popped off at. <laughs> or listening to a song 20 times a day and crying about it. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I am right now. Yeah. So oh, how do you, A, I know you've dealt with depression or some kind of form of depression, and how do you deal with it? I... I've, I've learned to deal with it. I learned to deal with it as in like, if it, if depression was on a bed, <laughs> I learned how to get into it and just deal with it in a way of like, not ignoring it, but just like going head first in it. What, what is it? Where, where is all the pieces that are triggering all these different things? When, when the pandemic hit, it just it just kind of changed so many things because we, we had we had a uh, wasn't going back to work we had to worry about if we're going to get furloughed or we're going to get laid off 
you have to worry about, so what does that do with rent? But I was dealing with that, but also dealing with the fact that I was living with, I had a housemate that I was, I, I, I don't dislike, but I was ready to move out. And I was like, well, how do I do that now? And I'm seeing my housemate more. I'm in a place I don't really care about being in. And so having a space that was like, this is not it. It took, it hit me to a point, I think the first couple of weeks, I just kind of, you know, I was going to five guys. I was eating bags of Oreos, like literally in the day. And it, it made me go like, wait a minute, I can't, I can't go down this path. I have to deal with whatever's doing all these triggers. I need to deal with all that type of stuff. So I had to like, really like going back to working out, even though everything was closed, doing home stuff, being outside. I forced myself to go outside. I forced myself to stay in contact with people because I realized that at that moment we can lose everything. And if I didn't have an opportunity to say something to people, I, I, that would be on me. I don't want that to be on my heart. So I had to deal with all the things that was triggering me. Um, at the time, Michael, it hit him differently to where he was like too scared to do anything. Um, even was scared to see me. Cause he was like, if he sees me, what if he gives it to me? You know, he was, and then with his work and stuff. So it was a lot that we're dealing with. We wasn't seeing each other. There was a part of me that was like, I'm alone in this. And it, it triggered a feeling I had back when I lived in New York. When um, we moved to New York in 2001. I left a month and a half later, we moved in June. I, I ended up leaving in July, middle of July um, to work at Cornell. So I, I moved three hours away. But when 9-11 hit, it was a moment where I was like, what if I was still there? My friends, they had each other, they were partners. But I was like, well, what would I have? I would have been alone dealing with that. I'm alone dealing with that now. And it kind of triggered those feelings that I had at that point. So it was, I had to deal with that. I had to like get into those feelings, why I feel this way, understanding that I wasn't alone. Why do I hold such these type of thoughts in my head? I had to deal with that that way. But then also it, gave me energy to write a book. I decided to take that energy and focus it on doing something creative, taking all that energy to do it. And that's what really helped me was writing that book. Um, but when you're trying to do something you love, you know, for example, I, I like creating stories and, and all that stuff. That's also triggers so much depression because you get rejected. You get people who don't see your vision. You get people who don't want, you know, to, to take that ride with you, you know, to give you opportunities. You deal with that depression to a point where it, it, it puts a, a stranglehold on you to, like, for example, I love the book I just wrote, but to get an agent, you have to go through, you have to find an agent who's going to represent you. That means you have to go through a ton of rejection. And that triggers so much things that you didn't even know that was there. Right. That you haven't dealt with since high school or grade school. Uh, it was funny. I was laughing at it one day because I, I was like, I'm tricked. I got, so this brought back memories of me losing the fire prevention poster contest. <laughs> uh, I was like, that triggered that moment because I didn't get to ride on the, if you won, you got $50 and you got to ride on the fire truck during the, the holiday parade. And it just triggers so much that I had to really 
sit down and realize like there's going to be rejection. That is a given. You're going to get rejected. No writer that I know didn't get their first book without going through a, a, a slurry of rejections. Um, I, I deal with that because I didn't want to have jealousy. I didn't want to have that type of jealousy. I didn't want to have to harbor that type of jealousy. I do think jealousy is healthy because it, 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 is, a, it is a human emotion. It is something that everyone goes through. But I didn't want that to over, I didn't want that to over, to overextend to everything else that I wanted to do. I didn't want to write because I'm jealous that somebody else's right, you know, got discovered. I didn't want to do it for those reasons. So for me to deal with depression, I have to get into a head, like head first, deal with it, hold myself accountable, and try to take that energy and apply it to something that I need or that, that will help me kind of get through it all. So writing a book was healthy. Um, with that energy, actually going through the rejections and finding somebody who may be interested in yourself is is somewhat healthy. I, you just have to be mm -hmm. prepared for it. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it was just more of the fact that getting into it head first is is healthy for me because it it makes me face everything that I need to face. I need to deal with myself. I feel like I'm old enough now that I can't hide behind anything else. If I am afraid to query a, a agent, I need to get out of that. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to get anywhere unless I do this. So right. I have to deal with it in order to do it. Um, and so that's, that's the journey for me is to get into it. And it's not easy. I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm jumping in my depression. Yay. <laughs> no, I have to deal with issues I have had with myself since I was 13 and, and all that type of stuff. And why do I do this to myself? And why do I doubt myself? Why, um, like for, you know, for a while I was like, one point I doubted myself as a writer, you know? And I was like, wow, this is really, really tough. But then when I look at the people, I think about the Kickstarter situation, how that was successful, the people who believed in it, the people who are, <laughs> no shade y'all. Some of y'all get, get in on my nerves about getting the next stuff out, getting there. Um, uh, but I appreciate it. That helps me. Or even when I was able to go to a, go to a production company because they had interest. That is stuff that I use to remind myself that, you know, I'm pretty okay. Um, right. I'm always happy for my friends and people I know who get, you know, who are writing comics. Because somebody asked me, like, do you want to write for Marvel? Marvel? I almost said Marvel. <laughs> from, like Crystal always says. But um, I was like, I don't no, I don't think I do. I, I'm too busy wanting to create my own things. Something that Beyonce say, I, it's not that you want to be in the same lane as a Diana Ross. You want to be in your own. You want to be in your own lane. You want to be you want to be able to do that. And sometimes that's hard work where it's like, I don't want to be in this. I want to be in something else. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes that's helpful for me to deal with, my, deal with any of my depression of, or negative thoughts of my work is what I'm working towards hopefully will be something that people will really get into. Um, but I cannot let negative feelings because I'm not at this level or over here at this level, I can't let that bother me because that's not why I'm in this. Um, and if I let that take over why I'm in this, then I'm not doing it for the right reasons. Right. So that's, so that's how I deal with it. I try to get into it head first. I try to deal with 
what's the reasons behind it. Sometimes when you deal with the reasons behind it, you're mad at yourself. It's just like, really? Am I really mad because of this? I don't know yeah. that. So why am I letting that take so much space? That's why I think it's good. I mean, I know depression is different for everybody. Like, for example, I'm not clinically depressed, so therefore it's not going to hit me the way it may hit other people. But mm-hmm. I do know that when I do get depressed, it, 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 it does take hold. I take the hands off. Right. You said uh, uh, you mentioned uh, last year, you know, when everything was getting shut down and whatnot, uh, you know, uh, thinking about getting laid off. Um, you know, I did get laid off during that time. And, you know, everybody that was just such a weird time. And, you know, saying goodbye to, you know, some of the people that I had met on tour that live overseas and thinking like I'm not ev- probably not going to see them ever again, you know, like real life anyway in real life um and that just that that time i was so fucking depressed y'all like a random song would come on and i i know i would be sweeping the floor and then i would just start crying and it it was just it would it would have been one thing for me to leave and, and for me to have that my own my decision in leaving a tour like I did this time, but to just have it taken away midway through when we still weren't even finished and saying, you have to leave. And not only that you have to leave, we're going to let you go. Like that shit was very upsetting. And like now, um, you mentioned, you know, writing and whatnot, I am not a writer. I I will say that I I don't I don't feel like I have a creative side and in a sense of a, a a literary aspect. And like finding something that I'm passionate about is hard because I like different things, you know. Oh, I do like comics or video games or fashion or drag or music or movies. You know, that sort of thing and finding like my kind of niche in those areas is again hard to do and for me I think when it comes to what somebody views as success you know we all think a success is something different and I said I think I said this yesterday on on uh, social media that for me, success, I would rather say no to success and yes to failure because success comes with a certain level of responsibility. And that responsibility is something that you would have to maintain and be diligent about versus failure. I'm so familiar with failure that if I fail at something, then I was like, oh, well, that's just that would be that would be a reminder of myself telling you telling myself that you shouldn't have done it in the first place you know what i mean yeah i i saw that tweet and i was i thought about it and i was like yes failure is easy to accept but at the same time i like that challenge of 
okay, now I got this. I'm responsible for making sure this continue. It's like, it's like your job. It's like, you have a job, you get this new job. It's like, oh, they pay you more now, but bitch, you gotta show out. <laughs> you gotta be like, you gotta, it, it's where you get to show your work. Because I think we always talk about, we are worth more than this. We're more, more you know, we, got, we have so much to give everything else. When those moments come up, then that's when I always try to show out. I'm like, I'm gonna show you that. I'm gonna right. do what I gotta do. Uh, I'm gonna show you that, you know, I'm not a one hit wonder or I can do all these different things. And I think that's the fun part is, is, is that challenge. Cause you get, to, you get to see the better sides of yourself. You get to see what you can actually do. Like you get to see what else you got. Because sometimes I think we all get to a place where we're, we're so settled and compliant yeah. with what we already do. Yeah. You know, like we, like even now, like we've been working from home, a lot of us, we're working from home. It has been tough to be like, bitch, I gotta go to the office. And I'll be like, I'm gonna, I'll be there at 11. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, and I'm like, this has to change. Cause in two weeks, I'm gonna have to go back. I have to be there before nine o'clock. I'm gonna have to uh -huh. get back yeah. to wearing like dress clothes, uh, uh, the khakis and all that that I haven't worn in over a year. I put on something the other day. I was like, this is funny. You know, like, <laughs> or I put on a polo. I was like, I, I'm like, I had all these polos, and but then I've also lost weight, so now I have to get different polos now. So it's mm -hmm. like, that's a small thrill, but it's things you have to get used to, but it's also, it's like, okay, this is going to push me to a different level now. Am I ready for that? Probably not. Let's see what that journey brings. So that's why I'm like, um, it was funny because somebody said, um, no, I'm wrong. It was something about like, what if, what if, you know, Strange Lord gets picked up by a place? Are you ready for that? And I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. But I have to show up because I mm -hmm. put this out here for a reason. And the universe gave this opportunity for me to make it more than what it is. So I have to answer that. I can't back away from that. I can't be like, oh, no, I don't want to deal with that. I'm like, no, if that's where it, it, we got to go, we got to go. Will it be a lot of work? Yes. I think what we've also seen is we've seen some of our friends, you know, they they get, you know, opportunities and, you know, it's a little stressful because it's, it's like now you got to prove your part. And as people of color, uh, we always have to overprove ourselves. Right. Um, so we are already coming in, guns blazing and everything else, but we can't we have to realize that this is also a time for them to see everything that we have to offer. And I think that's the exciting piece about when you success, success in the way is like, now you have it, what are you gonna do with it? And are you gonna go up and out? Or are you gonna go down and out? So you have to really push yourself for that. So, so yeah, failure is so easy to accept. But at the same time, I don't want to keep doing it. I want to actually know what it feels. I'd rather fail trying than just fail not trying at all. All right, then not even know what that failure looks like. Yeah, I, I was go through it and just see what happens. Do you remember that episode of Girlfriends where um, they were, when Lynn's fake lesbian fiance had moved out yes. and she was so attached to she wasn't attached to her, she was attached to the music. Mm -hmm. And that is what 
a lot of some of the things, some of the themes in that episode reminds me of what I'm going through right now, as far as if I really try something and it fails, then, then what do I have now? You know, cause it means something. And what Tony said, or what if it's successful? Because then you have to step up. Then you'll have to be responsible. Then you have to, you know, what she said, produce or write music or whatever. And that's, yeah, I am. I am. There's a fear of fear of success and a fear of failure too. And a lot of the times, I don't know how to navigate either of those Mm -hmm. and so i'll just be like i'll be complacent where i am and then once those opportunities have passed be like oh well there there goes that opportunity i wish i would have took it taken it um and that's one of the reasons why i was so proud of myself in the beginning when i did take that that uh the job with disney on ice when I was working at that job that I really didn't like for damn near five years. And then it was something so radical as far as what they were doing. And I don't know how I've, I guess, regressed mm-hmm. back into this kind of, oh, everything has to be, everything is like so tight knit. Cause a lot of people have made this, uh, this um i guess analysis or observation of me that i'm so um what's the word uh tight um as far as i hold everything in and it shows in my my body um it shows all over how like if i'm so wound up and that is not just physically, but mentally too. And I don't know how to, you know, get out of my own way, so to speak. Yeah. And relax. I, I don't know. I have no idea how to relax. Sometimes what is for me to relax, sometimes after this show, I'm just going to be out somewhere. I'm just going to go to a store, to a mall, walk around certain things. That helps me just kind of clear my head. Um, People laugh at me about my my Friday night drives. For two hours of just driving around, that clears so much up because I'm just listening to I have a playlist I listen to. I'm just driving aimlessly. There's no goal where I'm going. But it helps me kind of just deal with what's all in my head. The Mm -hmm. doubts anything I have doubts about relationships, the the book or my job or whatever. um, I just deal with that. And sometimes it's it's really nice to be like, after I'm done, it's like, okay, I know what I need to do. Um, One of the things I I learned to do, um, it was a time I didn't want to look at my bank account. I didn't want to face the reality of how badly I was spending or saving. And I was like, no, I'm gonna go in here and look at it. And like literally like look at it and be like bitch you are doing too much sometimes the bank will tell you like you're spending more than what you make right they'll send you like a little notification yeah. and be like um did you mean to spend that much bitch yeah. like like get out my bed my damn yeah, money. I'm saying. Like, 
I think I put that on social. I took it on Twitter. It was like, um, your um, statement is right. I'm like, I put a gun up to it. Like, I didn't ask you to do all of that. <laughs> I, I like that facing that those things to make me think it through, think about what I need to do. When I do have things wound up in me, I've always, weirdly enough, I talk to myself. I talk to myself, you know, in my apartment. I talk it out. Like, why am I feeling a certain way? Why I won't be able to say this? Why am I holding this back? I just talk it out. And when I do that, I'm like, I'm saying stuff out loud. I'm hearing myself say it. And sometimes it, there's a revelation in like, bitch, that's you. You're the one that's doing this. Mm-hmm. And when I say it, it's like, it's easy for me to deal with it. Or um, if I have to deal with stuff at work or deal with stuff in my relationship or whatever, have to be, I have to talk it out. And it helps me kind of get the words right, but also get everything out of my head. So I'm saying right. that, I'm saying all those things. Um, so it helps me. So that's what helps me kind of get those type of things. Because I don't like to be rigid. I don't like to be wound up so tightly. Because I'm an extrovert. I'm a person who runs their mouth too much. So I got to get that stuff out. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's something you, you uh, whatever you might want to do. You want to take a long walk or. And see, I'm the complete opposite. I'm an introvert. I'm always in my head. Like. I will be thinking about something from 1995 that somebody said to me that felt uh, made me feel a type of way. And I'm like, well, maybe that didn't make me sad. Maybe this, this. And then like my whole day is shot to hell. Oh, goodness. So it, well, it's, I confront it. I confront. It, is, it is like that. Like, uh, it's, I, I love being an introvert because I like, sometimes I, being in my own head is, the safest I can be. But then in turn, being in my own head is so jumbled and crowded and noisy and loud. You know what I mean? So it's... Not even with the edible, because I think... even (laughs) No, because that has actually released a lot of stuff where it's like, wow. I'm seeing things a whole different way, or I'm, uh, or I'm understanding things a whole different way. Um, I usually, when whenever I do partake in the edible, it's like just to calm down or to watch something funny mm-hmm. that make it even more funnier. But I haven't taken an edible to process my thoughts. Well, for the intention to process my thoughts, I haven't, I haven't done that. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, I, I found it um, really nice to, you know, do it at the end of the week, like on a Friday night. And just like, you know, it helps you laugh at the foolishness that's happened throughout the week, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or, yeah, it does make you laugh. And I was laughing at something unnecessary. I don't know why I thought it was really funny, but it was really. Interesting, and, and, what, and what you just said about something that happened in 1993, I literally did that. That was one of my friends, we were just talking and I was like, I'm still upset that you cut me out of our, of our high school graduation picture because you wanted to be with you and the girls. You didn't want me in the picture. And I said, I've always been mad at you for that. And this nigga said, bitch, I didn't cut you out. I told you I was gonna do that. I never did. And he put the, he showed me the picture. He's like, 
you're still in the fucking picture. I was like, Sweet. I said, for almost 30 years. And I you didn't say anything. You made me look like a fool. I'm a parent <laughs> mad. Sometimes I will cry about the fact like you was in the I said that was an emotional day because we were graduating, we were leaving this life. And I was like, you were gonna cut me out of the picture, meaning that you were willing to forget about me. <laughs> like you were, he was like, that was the 18-year-old you. I'm not gonna hold that accountable. I'm not gonna hold you accountable to that. But he said it is kind of, he said, take me out, it is fucked up that I would have done that. But I wasn't that I was cutting you out of my life. You are you still in my life. I was like, again, this is 18-year-old thoughts. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, it's good to deal with the things in your head. I think it's good to deal with that. I think it's good to face all the monsters. You will be scarred and torn up, but you will be able to say that I dealt with this. I understand why it is what it is. I understand why I get this way sometimes. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's something... It's tough, you know, like, so it's easy, like, for example, it's easy to turn to food. I can be like, bitch, I'm about to, luckily you, you can eat wings and that's keto, but <laughs> same time, it's like, you know, I, you have to be like, I'm eating this, this, this ice cream because everything is crazy right now. Like when I, when I had to, when I was dealing with, you know, COVID in the beginning, I was eating that whole big bag of double stuff. Oreos. Let me just say the the new ones, the mega stuff, are trash. Do not do it. Just stick with. Not to be an Oreo connoisseur. Yeah, I had the mega <laughs> stuff. So I wanted to try it. I was like, let me see what it tastes like. Too much cream. Too much of that cream is not good. Anyway. It says no, no gay ever. It says. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that when I had to deal with the fact like I was eating all those Oreos for the hell of it, I had to be like, I can't put, I can't use this as a way of getting out of my problems. Can't do that. But that's what I was doing with alcohol and no yeah. shade during uh, quarantine. I was, I don't want to say I was a functioning alcoholic, but I was partaking in alcohol way more than previous years. Yeah. Even during tour, the first year, I wasn't drinking as much as I was during last year. And like, I I wasn't, I hated brown liquor for like the longest time. Last year, I was buying a crown. I bought whiskey. I bought this. I was like spending two, $2.50 on liquor deliveries every few weeks or something. It was bad. It was really bad. And I don't want to... It did, I think, in a way, exacerbated my depression and my anxiety um but yeah it was it wasn't good girl yeah i i try not to turn to those things because i've seen what happened to people that i know who they did turn to that my i had a friend who moved to new york moved in la and they would turn to alcohol a lot because it was just a lot that was not happening um mm -hmm. for them and they they broke out of that but I try not to because I know that's me running from the problem. I have to, I've right. learned from my black family that we don't run from my problem. We just deal with them and just deal with them. Um, and I try to, but I've learned that there's, there's, there's peace or whatever, there's peace in that, in that journey or that, in that dealing um, just because it's like, 
I see what, I know what the problem is. So therefore in the future, I'm like, I know what the problem is. I know what it is. It's me being a dick. You saw that I need to like really, and, but not be hard on myself, but also hold myself accountable at the same time. Right. And so like, I remember I was, I said to myself a few weeks ago, I can't be mad at folks getting book deals because I'm not even querying anyone. Who's not doing that? Me, that's my fault. Uh-huh. So I can't be mad that I did it and now there's interest. And I'm like, oh, I got out of my own head. I did it. Now there's some interest there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had talked about that uh, off camera, well, yeah. offline about how, for me, how was I going to be upset or jealous and envious of somebody who was doing what I really don't want to even be doing in the first place Yeah. as far as uh, comic book writing. And I'm like, I had to literally grab myself by the shirt and say, Nick, you are making a huge deal out of this and you need to get your, your shit together and get out of your own head and be happy for that person and find out what you actually want to do instead of being so... Yeah being like that because that shit was really uncalled for and stupid yeah and that's and the, and the, and I saying to you you have to be like yeah you're jealous you want that but you, have, you have to be like what do you want what is it out of that that you want there's something in it that you want mm-hmm. do you want the attention do you want the fame do you want the work because i think a lot of people get the work and it's like oh shit i gotta really do stuff <laughs> like yeah right. yeah uh-huh that's how you maintain. It's not easy. This is why many, you know, writers and creators are, are you know, are a little wound up, a little, you know, like Stephen King. My God, if y'all know about some of the things, like he went through a heavy drug phase in the eighties, heavy drug phase, um, because of the pressure and things like that. You have to sometimes sit down and be like, what is it that I'm jealous about? What is it I need to deal with, and what is it that I'm ready for? That, or what do I really want? That I that I'm jealous about what's going on with, this, with, these, with these people. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm always like, I'm happy for everybody who's always had successful. Do I want something out of that? Sure, I want to have something similar. But let them be an inspiration. But let me be ready. The question will be, am I ready for all that? Because you know, bitch, if they say, bitch, you get you got a book deal now, you got you know, you get that six figure deal that six figure deal means you got two more books you got to turn out mm-hmm. and you, you got to go through editors you got to go through rewrites you got to go now you have uh, you have a standard and you have res- a, a hell of a lot more responsibilities to do right now yeah. than when you was just writing on wordpress you know what right I mean? <laughs> true and what people have to understand is yeah now you got this thing you got to deliver Mm-hmm. It's not all this glamorous. That's why I'm always telling people like, be sure that you're just not on Twitter. You want everybody to follow you or people be liking you or giving all that praise <laughs> because they're not the ones doing the work. <laughs> they're not going to be the ones have to do it. Like mm-hmm. I've, after working on the second strange lore and, and working with an editor, you're humbled a lot. You're humbled to a point that all that high thinking of yourself is not completely damned. Right. Um, so it's it's a lot, and that's why I'm always saying to people, don't be jealous, be ready. Because if you get that opportunity, you're gonna have to be ready to show out, you're gonna have to be ready to deliver, you have to be ready to be ready to do all that work. 
because you're not getting that six figures for nothing. Right. They expecting you to deliver. So that's why when I see my friends, you know, they, they'll, you're like, oh, I got a, you know, they got, they got a book deal, they got a six figure deal. I know that they are like scared. <laughs> they are trapped in somebody's room. Yeah. At the house, being like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta do this now. Yeah. We're taking the Twitter leave, which I'm like, you don't have to announce you doing it, just do it. But uh, you're, they're taking the time off to write the book. Um, it's funny because I'm always interested in the ones who can still be on Twitter and write, you have their book ready to go before you know it. I'm like, how did you do that? How do you do that, right? Yeah, um, which you can do that, you can do that. Um, but it's, uh, you just gotta get out of your own head. You gotta be able to, you gotta, the hard task is believing yourself. You can, doubting yourself is simple. Believing yourself is the tough part. That's true. Um, so I think and if you, is, need, if you need help, yeah. there's therapy. I love therapy. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I need to call my therapist, see if we <laughs> could do like a little, uh, another checkup or something. Yeah, I need um, to get one. <laughs> I don't have one, but I need to get one. I mean, I think everybody could benefit from at least like a session from therapy just to just to talk shit through because you know have have somebody that is objective from whatever you're going through or just somebody to get these thoughts out of your head sometimes mm -hmm. I would highly 10 out of 10 I'll highly recommend it yeah I recommend it I think that I would recommend it after I I I'll have more weight to that recommendation once I go through it. But <laughs> I I I think that you should do that. I think it's healthy to do that. You need and if you're it. if you're in a uh, college, because I know my uh, undergrad had offered free therapy to anybody that was going to, I would take advantage of that so much because that's when I started, you know, going in and out of therapy. Um, and you don't want to, you don't want to go all of this time, and then you have to find a therapist, and they be out of network, and you have to pay like oh one hundred and forty dollars uh, for just like an hour. So, yeah. But well, yeah, that's yeah, that's. And like I said, we're not trying to, you know, cure depression or whatever. Today's talk was just to at least for me to get out of, get the thoughts that I have been thinking out to say that I'm not crazy or to say that these, these feelings that I'm feeling are valid. And that as, as long as I try to make strides to get to where I wanna be, whatever that looks like, I'm moving in the right direction. So hopefully y'all got something out of us today. <laughs> um, and you know, you can always, you know, check in with us, you know, on the on the on the Twitters and all that greatness. But yeah, this is more mostly for us to kind of talk this stuff through because there's a lot of things that I think we all don't talk it through. We just take it, but don't talk it through, talk it out. So yeah. And especially now, like now I think 
with all of the bad stuff COVID has and continues to give us, last year that hard reset made, at least to me, say like, okay, so this is the a perfect opportunity to ask yourself, what do you really want out of life? What do you want your friends to look at? Where do you want to live? Where do you want to do work? How do you see your relationship, whether it be with your friends, your partner, your family, yourself? Yeah. And I didn't take it as much as advantage of that time as I should have. And now I think I'm making up for lost time. But I would rather, I hope to get there when I get there rather than not get there and then be mad at myself for not getting there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, you know, you like Victor said, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is at Making Stream One. I'm at uh, where? Where's what's my uh, Twitter? My new Twitter now. What Porter say? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, no. Wait, is it? It yeah, what Porter, yeah, what Porter say? Yeah. Uh, Victor's at Wonderman 5. Uh, you can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, we are on Mac we are on Facebook at Megashine, Instagram at Megashine. Uh, visit the website, uh, potoftheshine.com. Anything else before we get up out of here? No, again, be safe. We're still in the pandemic. Be safe. Yes. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. If you don't have the vaccine, please fucking go get it. Yes, it's everywhere. And then you see folks are paying money for fake vaccine cards where you can just go get the vaccine and it's free. I say, yeah. Y'all built different. Y'all are built. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to say, when you can just go and get it for free. Is that a point? It's going to be in McDonald's soon. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Just put it in the fries. <laughs> <laughs> just deep fry it yeah. and serve it. Goodness. Mm. All right, y'all. We will see y'all next time. <laughs> Bye.